A grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, in our lessons for today, we begin to learn about our own responsibilities. And yes, the, the fact of the matter is that as Christians, we do have responsibilities. Responsibilities toward God, responsibilities toward one another, don't we? In our, our text for today, the apostle comes forward and, and he says, you know, up until now, I've just kind of given you milk. Right, up until now, I've just kind of treated you like little babies, in, in a sense, isn't it? And of course, the, the teachings, right, we give to you know, kindergartners, first graders, always about the love of Jesus, aren't they? And always about forgiveness, and we want the little children, you know, to be able to come to Jesus, and they want the little children to be able to trust him as a father. But, well, we, we all had to grow up sometime, didn't we? And of course, as you were growing in years, you began to learn that, you know, now you came to this certain age and you had some chores you had to take care of around the house, right? It was no longer just all about you, but you now had to begin to contribute in, in your household. And, you know, then you went out into the world and, and you got a job, right? And your boss probably didn't make the whole work center be about you, but rather you had to begin to learn to fit in with other people. You had to contribute. You had to provide something of value. And sure, as we grow in years and we come to our, our church as well, we, we begin to learn, right? You know, the, the church is not just here for me, but rather, I began to use my, my talents and my abilities to help to grow God's kingdom. And see, this really is Christian maturity. And this is the basis of the choice that God gives us today in the Old Testament lesson. I have set before you the choice, he says, between death and between life. Please choose life, he tells us. But what really is that life? That life is life in Christ, isn't it? That, what does that take? Does it just kind of happen by accident? You know, what was it the case for everyone here today that you woke up this morning and, and, and you just said, wow, I'm, I'm going to church. It's zero degrees now, but who cares? Yeah? Now, hopefully you've had some days like that, but really, isn't it for the most part that you woke up today and you said, man, I'm tired. And there's some of your friends and, and colleagues that said, well, you know, Sunday, I can sleep in. Rest my day off. I can get my day of rest. 
The Bible says I'm supposed to have a day of rest, right? And so here I am resting in my bed. No, and so you know, you and I are called to that maturity where we then made a choice this morning. You know, even though perhaps we were tired, even though perhaps we wanted that that day of rest, even though perhaps you know, maybe the pastor even says sometimes, "I like a day off." Oh, that would never happen, would it? You got up this morning and you said, the Lord wants me in church. And I want to honor the Lord. And so you came. But I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. I don't want to embarrass anyone. But you know, if I'm talking to you this morning, right, really wasn't that why you were here today? Because you could have been home watching TV. You could, could have been home reading your favorite novel. Right? You could have been reclining in your easy chair, taking a nap, but you made it down to the church. You chose life. And isn't that really how many of our decisions go concerning the Christian life? You wake up in the morning and some of you have a disciplined Bible study time, I know. Again, is it the case you wake up every morning and, and well, we'd like it to be this way. And sometimes it is this way. You say, oh, I love the Word of God. And here I'm up at 5.30 and I'm reading from my Bible and it is wonderful. Yeah, we've had a lot of times like that in our lives, but yeah, isn't it sometimes more the case? We said, I could sleep until 6. I don't have to get up at 5.30. And, you know, you know Pastor, I'm... I'm like, you know, in, in you know, First and Second Chronicles right now, and the, those kings lists, you know, they're just really kind of boring. You know, and, and instead of reading through that boring history stuff, I could get an extra half hour of sleep. Right? Yes, and sometimes we, we say that inside, don't we? But for those of you who persevered, for those of you who maintain a personal Bible study time, you said to yourself, yeah, this might not be the thing that thrills me the most about the Bible, but I want to be in God's Word. And even though I'm tired this morning, I'll just have a second cup of coffee. And so you got up anyway, and you did your reading, and you carried through that time. It's also the, the same for prayer, isn't it? But again, I'm not going to ask for a, a show of hands, but have you ever gotten discouraged in your prayer life? Where, you know, there just were, were some things that, that you were praying for. And they didn't happen. Now, I, I, I can throw out for you a, a, a kind of a silly example. There, there's a, a, a weightlifting meet the, a, a month before. 
and my son Scott has a, a friend, Nick, that, that goes to a school up in Brainerd. And, and Nick got up to, to make his last series of lifts. And I, I was, you know, excited for him. And I, I you know, was yelling from the audience. And, and he missed his first lift. And I, then I was praying. I was praying, Lord, Lord, help Nick make this next lift because I want to see him do well. And it didn't happen. He missed his second lift. He missed his, his third lift. He ended up being, you know, not even placing in the competition because he, he missed his last three lifts. Have you ever been there? Something you prayed for. It was, it was kind of important to you. He said, Lord, do something here in this case. And it didn't come out the, the way I wanted. You know. But different an event like that can take place in our lives, and then you know, pretty soon we're like, well, you know, I don't know if I even should should pray about that. Maybe that thing I was praying for it wasn't very spiritual, you know. Maybe I need to be more careful in my prayers. You know, maybe there, there's something wrong in my life and God just isn't listening to me right now. We get discouraged at times, don't we? But again, what makes the choice. The choice is there because it can be hard, right? If being a Christian was easy, everyone would be doing it. And you know what? The, the Lord would have been preaching his sermon on the mountain. He would have said, dear friends, broad is the way that leads to heaven and almost everyone is going, but narrow is the way that leads to destruction and a few people will stubbornly find it. Right? And of course, you know, our Lord said exactly the opposite, didn't he? He said exactly the opposite. Narrow is the path that leads to salvation. It's going to take work. It's going to take hard effort. It's going to require a lot from you. And broad is the easy way that leads to destruction. Now, it, it's easy to sleep in. And it's easy to not pray. And it's easy to not read your Bible. You just have to not do very much, right? You just sit in your easy chair and relax and the world goes by and nothing is really required. Now, dear friends, that is the choice that is set before us every day. You know, Martin Luther in his small catechism, he acknowledges that choice when he said, every single day we must drown the old man. Right? Every single morning when we get up, we must renew that spirit of, of concentration. We, we must renew that desire to serve our Lord. And when the times get rough and we're having these <coughs> feebleness, 
We keep going. And we keep concentrating on our Lord and Savior. And we keep finding different ways to serve Him. We keep disciplining ourselves in the Christian faith. Yeah, you know, maybe I'm making it kind of sound like, like work today. And, and I understand. At times it can be, can it? You know, many of you throughout the course of your life, you, you've had to work. You've had to work a lot. And I'm sure that there were days when you said, I am sick of this job. I'm going to stay home. I'm just not going to go. But if you follow through on that, what was the result? Maybe some of you did. The result was, right, you got fired. You didn't get a recommendation for the, for the next job. You, you didn't have any references anymore. It was even harder to get a job now because the, the new employer had nobody to, that he could call. Nobody he, that you wanted him to call, right? To give a reference. And again, that's exactly how it becomes in the Christian life. That, that is you know, really one of the more advanced teachings. We're not just kind of giving out the, the milk today, but rather we're giving the solid food, right? The solid food, you have to chew it. Maybe it doesn't set it in your stomach as well. Your stomach has to work to digest it, right? It's, oh, we just had that milk again, you know? But it just be the, the little baby, you know, sucking on the bottle. Those were the days. Yeah, they were the days, weren't they? But then we grew. And being grown is so much better, isn't it? Because when we're grown, we do get to use our talents and abilities for the glory of God. We get to, to find a purpose. There was a, a Christian author, oh, many, many years ago in England that wrote a, a series of books about little trains. And for me and my family, you know, my boys kind of grew up with the, the little trains, you know, Thomas the Tank Engine. I, I don't know if many, many of you have heard about Thomas the Tank Engine, but they make a lot of the, the little toys. Um, the, the, the books, you know, always were so wonderful as well. And, and what the author was really trying to teach, uh, you know, through his books about little trains with personalities, was simply to be useful. Now, all, all the little trains, they're, they're always you know, going about trying to be useful. And isn't that truly what our goal becomes? That we would be useful in God's kingdom. That we would be able to extend our hands to the poor and help them in some way. That we would be able to give words of reassurance to those who are desperate and, and infirm. That we would simply be able to, to sit and read from the Psalms to a friend or neighbor who's not capable at the moment. 
that we would be able to go out into our world and make a difference, no matter even how small it might be. I brag about my, my kids a little bit, sometimes use them as examples, but when Scott first started playing football in the, the ninth grade, you know, they have those, those two-day practices, there are no practices that are, are you know, really extra long. And, and I can remember that there were times he simply shared his lunch with one or two of the other players. Because, yeah, you know, there, there's some, you know, poor kids in Little Falls or, you know, kids that just forgot to, to bring their food or, or whatever. Um, and so, you know, you have a, a practice and, you know, people are tired and they, you know, need a, a little something. And, and, and Scott would simply share his lunch with some of the other kids. It's simple little acts of kindness like that that stack up over time and really begin to make a difference. Now you, you, you think about it, you know, the, the big picture, you know, and, well, what does, you know, sharing, you know, a, a sandwich with, with someone else really matter? And, you know, the, the sandwich maybe cost my, my wife a dollar to put together or something, and so, wow, well, you know, I, I, I shared, you know, 50 cents with somebody. Woohoo! The world thinks about things like that in those terms, don't they? But maybe, you know, you think, what did it mean to that one person that particular day when he was tired and he was hungry and he had no food and someone else said, here, have half a sandwich can imagine that that maybe made a huge difference to that person, at, at, at least on that day, even if they forgot about it the next day. And then something as simple as that, what, what does it begin to do within a culture? where, you know, someone had a need and, and someone else contributed to that. Someone else extended a hand of friendship. Someone else extended something of value. And you said, wow, I, I was feeling bad and, and, and I was hungry and I was feeling kind of depressed even. I, I didn't have food. And then, you know, someone gave me something. And I had food. And I had a little bit of strength, and I had a little, little bit of nourishment, and I was able to go on and make it through that day. You see, dear friends, those simple little acts of kindness can make such a huge difference in the long term, can't they? And so never a thing to yourself. Oh, oh, that would be silly. And never think to yourself, oh, you know, who's really going to care? And never think to yourself, well, what does it really matter? Because when the Lord comes,
comes and asks you even for a couple little coins. It's going to make a difference. It's going to have an impact. And you might not even see it. And it might not seem like it's all that much. But for someone somewhere, they felt the love of Jesus one more time. And it touched them. And it can begin to heal them. And it can make all the difference in another's life. So eat that spiritual meat. Come out from within yourself and begin to look around once again. Follow the disciplines that our Lord has established. Return to the Lord your God in your prayers. Begin to read from His Holy Word once again. Share the Word of God with others around you. Find ways to be useful. Even if it is just to share a sandwich. And go and tell the world of Jesus. Use your actions, if not your words. Amen. And now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen.